Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there, we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. We've been focusing in on the Holy Spirit over the last number of weeks, and we kicked it off on Pentecost Sunday, and we talked about how Pentecost was the moment where God flipped the switch in his people. That's where we get our series title. And he moved from being God who a God who is with us to a God who is in us and working through us. That's the power of Pentecost. And we laid a foundation of the purpose of why was God doing this? And that was to equip his people with power to spread the gospel to other nations in the world. And we see this kind of rapid, bold, amazing spread of the gospel that was accompanied with signs and wonders and all amazing things all started from that moment in Pentecost, uh, where God flipped the switch. And then uh, we spent a week focused on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how it's our role to discover, develop, and deploy those gifts that the Holy Spirit has placed in all of us. And we emphasize all of us, like it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Notice it doesn't say God has given some of you or just the extroverts or the people with microphones and platforms and and global ministries. No, no, he's given all of us. And many, uh, I would even say most of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us are very practical in nature. Uh, that's why, you know, the wording spiritual gifts is a bit, a bit off-putting because it's kind of like makes it sound very mystical and 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 makes it sound like all these gifts are, are very miraculous in nature, like gifts of healing and stuff. But many of them are very practical, like helping others and administration and teaching. Teaching is a very practical gift that the Holy Spirit places in us. And it is nonetheless very miraculous in how God can use the gift of teaching or helping others. Now, have, have you ever needed help and had somebody who had the gift of helping uh, help you, it is amazing how God can make use of people through gifts he gives them. And last week at In-Person Church, we spoke about living a spirit-filled life. And if you missed uh, uh, In-Person Church, you can check out our podcast. Every time we have uh, In-Person Church, at this point, we are recording a uh, a podcast-only version of the sermon. I record it here at home, and that's uh, a good chance for me to go over the sermon, but also uh uh, share a kind of nicer quality audio f- for all of you out there. So check it out, subscribe to that. And I hope uh, uh, this week you have been taking time to uh, welcome the Holy Spirit and allow him to fill you with his goodness. Well, today, as we finish this series, I, I want to read from Ephesians 4. We've read uh, from Ephesians a lot in this series, um, but I really want to focus on verse 3 of chapter 4. This is going to be our core scripture for today. Let's read. It says this, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. You know, unity 
is a very interesting topic in the Christian life. First of all, uh, God loves unity. He does. Uh, and he loves it so much, he, he commands a blessing over unity. I'm not sure if you've ever read Psalm 133. If you've been part of church any part of your life, you've probably heard it for sure. Uh, and many of us have, have read it. But let's, let's have a quick look at it because it's only a few verses. It says this, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Annan. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Where there is unity and harmony, you know, depending on the translation, other translation, the New Living says harmony, other translations say unity, it's same, same. God pronounces a blessing over unity and harmony. And you think about harmony in musical terms, uh, when when a group of singers or, 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 or uh, instrumentalists come together, they harmonize over a certain key that they are playing in. Uh, and and all of the harmonies that, that build and 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 harmonize together are dependent upon everybody being in the same key and, and, and playing and singing around the tonic. That's what they call the root note, the tonic. And everyone, if everyone plays in their own key and does their own thing, we get what we call dissonance. And it just doesn't sound good. Have you ever uh, heard a singer who just doesn't know how to harmonize? It just doesn't sound nice. And as we as Christians unite around our key, Note, our tonic, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are able to live in unity and harmony. It's all about him. It's all about his purposes, his priorities, his His word, his spirit. That's what we unite ourselves and harmonize around. And it also mentions in Psalm 133 that unity is like oil. And oil in the Old Testament is a representation of the Holy Spirit. And also, you think just practically oil, like oil in a car, for example, uh, when there, when you have oil in your car, it's it's it it helps the gears and the movements uh, happen a lot smoother. It puts a buffer between two corrosive materials, and I think we could all agree that when there is unity with a group of people, things just run smoother. They do. They just it, it just runs smoother, like a well-oiled machine. There's less wear and tear when there is. Unity. When there's unity in a sporting team, things just run smoother. Like look at the Blues the other night, just run, just like a well-oiled machine, right? Or whether it's unity in a marriage or in a family, uh, things just run smoother. Where there is disunity in a family, we tend to grind each other's gears, right? <laughs> Have you ever been part of a team or been to a, a family outing or situation where there just is, is disunity? It's it's just it's uncomfortable. It's 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 wearing each other down. We wear each other down when there's disunity. And another thing about unity is Jesus prayed for it. He did. It's uh, one of the uh, many things that Jesus prayed for very specifically. It says in John 17, verse 20, Jesus is praying and he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. 
Wow, that's an amazing prayer. Jesus prays that we would be so united with each other and with God that the world would take notice and believe in him. So unity is a big deal to God and unity is a big witness to the world. It absolutely is. Look, there are a few things uh, more unappealing to a non-Christian than Christians fighting with each other over just silly stuff. Uh, it's just annoying, right? Uh, like, like, have you ever come across like just Christians just keyboard warring like at each other on, on Facebook or something? It's just like, come on, guys. Like, let's calm down. Let's move forward. Another thing about unity is we are better together. We absolutely are. And God uses the people around me to achieve his purposes within me. And Christianity is communal. Uh, we aren't meant to go it alone. And when we become a Christian, we become part of the body of Christ. Uh, we are adopted into the family of God. And if it's God's desire and design that you would live in Christian community. So unity is a big deal. Uh, and it has a huge implication on your spiritual health and your kingdom effectiveness and even your mental and emotional health. There are stacks of evidence out there of the benefits of a community. And a community thrives when there is unity, right? A common unity. So let's go back and look at our core scripture in Ephesians 4. And we'll just break it down bit by bit, okay? And we're, we're, Paul is encouraging the, the Ephesian church to be united. He says in verse 3, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And if you look into the translation of verse 3, uh, from the Greek language that it was written in, uh, there's a massive overtone of, of urgency here that doesn't really come out in English too much. Like things like, you know, take initiative, do it now, mean it, you are to do it. Don't be passive or quiet. Don't have a wait and see attitude. These are the, this is the tone that Paul is, is writing with. So Paul is making a strong emphasis here and saying, it's up to us. It's up to believers to keep ourselves united in the spirit, okay? And that takes effort. You need to work for unity. We need to work for unity with one another. I was speaking to someone uh, not too long ago who uh, were, was mentioning, and, and it was a sad situation, obviously, but they're mentioning that their church had not um, been in, in contact with them a lot throughout the pandemic period. And I've heard this similar story from many, many Christians, Oh, the church didn't call me. Oh, the church, you know, my, my leaders didn't text me. All this kind of stuff. And, and it's sad. They're obviously, that's wrong. We shouldn't have had, had that happen. But as I was listening to uh, this person lament and complain about how wrong the church was, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, because I've been on the other side of that where I'm the, the pastor or part of a ministry team and you're trying to, to, there's so much going on. But listen, hey, have you ever thought that, you know, you could have picked up the phone too. You know, we were so uh, passive in our pursuit of unity uh, that, and we blame others instead of looking at ourselves and going, hang on a second, I need to take the initiative here to pursue unity with the body of Christ that I am a part of. Uh, Paul is saying here, don't just sit around and wait for the church to unite with you and embrace you and bend to you and your preferences. You need to take initiative. And if you want unity in the body of Christ, unity with fellow believers, we need to own it together. We need to own it together. We, don't we can't just complain about loneliness and lack of community when we never actually take the initiative and give it a go. And there's lots of reasons why we, 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 
don't give it a go. Obviously, I'm, I'm not talking about people who need Jesus or people who have fallen away or have a lack of ability for whatever reason to uh, to take initiative because of their spiritual health. Maybe they've been hurt in the past. And that isn't who Paul is talking to here either. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. He's talking to people who have the Holy Spirit in them. And that's the key there. You cannot have unity in the spirit without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is not a call for men and women to build something new. No, it's actually a warning to keep and maintain the unity God has already given us in Christ. He has brought us together in Christ. We have been graciously unified in Christ. And now it's up to us to stay unified as a community. Uh, And that's what the word community is, a common unity. And our common unity is that we are all part of Christ's body. And it mentions that in verse 4. It says this, For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one gracious hope for the future. The Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity to enter a realm of unity that the world could never achieve. You know, a a unity that is supernatural in a sense. Uh, a unity that is bigger than slogans or vision statements or church branding, okay? And that is because we enter a realm of unity where it is about the Holy Spirit that unites us. That's our common unity, that the Spirit that lives in me also lives in you. That means we are family. Look out, Cousin Simon's in town. Look, we're family. We're supernatural, spiritual family. Talk about a sense of belonging. And maybe it's part of the reason why we haven't felt a sense of belonging in church communities in the past, uh, and maybe you've struggled with this, is because you've put your sense of unity with the community. Uh, you've built it on things that aren't the spirit. You've built it on things like vision statements and and. Uh, church programs and church branding. Oh, you, know, you hear Christians all the time. I love the worship in this place. Oh, I love the preaching and the teaching. Listen, all that stuff's fantastic. But if that's the foundation for your unity, that those things do not last. They don't. We need to have a unity in the spirit. Amen. And when I've had the privilege of traveling to other churches, and and you probably have too, visiting other places, and you meet another believer from another place that you've never met before, and there's instantly a sense of unity because the spirit that is in them is also in you. And that's the miracle of this common unity we have as Christians, right? Because the same spirit that's in me is in them. And so we as Christians have a great starting point for unity. And I've seen many Christians build their unity on the wrong thing. Even things like uh, we, we build our unity on things like gossip or or past church experiences. Uh, look, uh, I feel really united with these people because we've all gone through this hard stuff together. And that is all, there, there, there is an element of, of feeling a sense of commonality because you've had shared experiences, but let's not let that be the foundation for our unity in the church. Let our foundation be in the spirit together. We are believers. We have a lot more in common than you might think. And that a lot more is the fact that we are filled with the spirit. You might feel like you're cut from a different cloth or uh, you have trouble finding community. Well, let's focus on what we do have in common. We love Jesus. We follow him. We, we want to be part of a, of a 
vibrant, healthy church that reaches out to our community. And you know what? These kind of things that that are in common happen because we are in the Spirit together. Amen? So Paul says, be united in the Spirit. Not, not just united in the hurt or united in the past, but united in the Spirit. And from that foundation, Paul encourages us to make every effort to be in unity. We need to work for unity. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we work toward unity? And I've written down a few practical thoughts and, and you know, there's many, many more, but this is a good starting point for us, I think, to kind of look at ourselves, look around us and think, am I, am I making every effort to pursue unity in the spirit with those around me? Or am I just waiting for it all to just fit perfectly to my preferences? That's not making every effort. That's making no effort. You know, we need to to make every effort. That's what Paul says. So I think I believe one of the ways we, and this is a huge one, one of the ways we work towards unity is with prayer. With prayer. Both praying with one another and praying for one another. And I'm looking forward to more connect group meetings uh, and more in-person services because we get the opportunity to pray with and for one another. And I hope that you have a prayer list. I do. I hope you have a prayer or a prayer note in your phone or something like that. And And if you do, I hope that on that list somewhere is to pray for the community of Everyone Church. To pray for one another because that brings a sense of unity. You know, uh, later in Ephesians, Paul encourages the church in that exact thing. In, in Ephesians 6.18, he says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. All believers everywhere. A, a sense of unity comes when we pray for and with one another. Uh, we are working for unity when we pray for one another. Uh, I love uh, this quote from Max Licato. He says, you are never more like Jesus than when you pray for others. We work for unity with prayer. Another way we work for unity is with our presence. You know, Paul says, make every effort to be united in the spirit. Uh, Man, we work for unity together. We pursue unity together by being present with one another. It's hard to be in unity when you're never there. <laughs> it's it's it you can't claim you're part of a community if you're never actually in the community. Uh, and I, I love the the description of the New Testament church right after Pentecost in Acts chapter two. It says this in verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Or in verse 46, it says, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You know, your presence says more to those around you than you might think, and it says more to God than you might think. Your presence is an outward um, evidence of your pursuit of unity with the body of Christ. It's amazing to me how many times in the past, uh, like through... Uh, you know, think think about when uh, when Marie and I were young adult pastors. We'd have young adults say to us, "Oh, I just I feel like um, I feel like I have no friends in church. I feel like I, I feel well. The thing is, is have you even been there? <laughs> Someone who hasn't been to church for six months and says I have no friends in church. It's like, well, the thing is, is you've got to make the effort as well. You got to make every effort 
Make every effort. Take the initiative to pursue unity with the body of Christ that you are part of. So we work for unity with prayer. We work toward unity with our presence. And we work toward unity with our words. With our words. You know, I really tried hard to find another point that, uh, that started with P. But um, I'm just, I guess I'm just not experienced enough of a, as a pastor to, uh, to do that. One day, all my points will start with the same letter or there'll be an acrostic. One of the two. So this is the thing. So much of the Holy Spirit's work in us has to do with vocal spiritual gifts. Um, speaking in other tongues, prophecy, teaching. These are things where our words come into play, right? Because uh, what you say matters. Uh, the Holy Spirit wants to have an influence on your words. And your words can build up. Your words can tear down. Your words can unify. Your words can divide. Absolutely. And, you know, just a, a few verses after our core scripture today, Paul starts to hammer this point home. He says in verse 25 of chapter 4, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. There's some unity there. Or in verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I think about how, man, unity thrives in an atmosphere of encouragement. Like who wants to be part of a group of people that are just constantly discouraging? Our words can build up. Our words can take down. Our words can unify and our words can divide. I could tell you many stories of stupid things I've said and stupid things I've heard being said that have caused division in the church. Caused division. And now I'm not saying that we can't have hard conversations either. I'm not saying that we can't talk about... Uh, having feedback and, and constructive criticism and, and these kind of things are needed. We need to have the hard conversation. But what I am saying is our words, the goal of our conversations, the goal of our feedback, the goal of what we say should be to build up and to unify. And I would say every division in the church starts with a conversation. Every division in the church starts with somebody saying something that has wrong motives or is selfish or is critical or is or is. To, t- to tear someone down. Oh, did you believe what so-and-so? Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Listen, our words can be a unifier. Our words can be a divider. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to fill our language life. The life of your words is very, very important. Paul says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. And we work toward unity. We make a, some, some ways that we can make every effort are through our prayer, through our presence, through being there, just being there, it matters. And also through our words, our conversation. Amen. I think this is a real timely word and a great way to uh, end our series as we've been focusing on the Holy Spirit. Because I, I, I've seen in the past people who um, uh, they they start focusing on the Holy Spirit, and all it also it, it, what happens is it becomes this like competition of it. It's just me and the Holy Spirit. It's just me and the Holy... I'm just walking with Him. Just me and Him. Just me and Him. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't going to lead you into isolation. No, He's going to lead you into unity with the body. Absolutely. That's... that's He's going to lead you into being part of God's kingdom purposes on the earth. Amen? So let's allow the Holy Spirit to unite us. 
Let's allow him to fill our lives. Let's allow him to lead our prayer life, to lead our presence life, and to lead our words. And I think as we enter uh, more frequent in-person services, and we've had more connect groups, more face-to-face meetings, let's work towards, let's make every effort to be a church that is unified unified around the cause of Christ. Come on, we have a lot more in common than we than than you might think. I have the Holy Spirit in me. You have the Holy Spirit in you. We have a God-given purpose to reach our community for Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person in every one church, people who are watching on Sunday or later in the week. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us as we've been focusing on you over these last number of weeks, that you would help us live filled with the Holy Spirit and you would help us live united with one another. Lord, I pray that you would, there would just be a sense of like a Holy Spirit gravity in our church, that we would just be drawn together in unity and that you, that, that unity would build a sense of, of strength. Lord, that this church would go from strength to strength in reaching others for you. And Lord, I thank you that, that we have the opportunity to be in a church where we can belong. Be in a church where we know, hey, this is my home base. This is where God has planted me. And we pray that every conversation, every, uh, every conversation that is seen and unseen, that it would glorify you, that it would please you, and it would bring unity in the body. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I hope you have an amazing week. I'll see the guys this afternoon for Connect. And uh, hey, only a couple weeks till we start in-person services every fortnight. Join us, check out the website, and we hope to see you there. Come on, let's be unified in our presence, in our prayer, and in our words. Amen.